to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we can talk about all things life. Whatever's going on with you, you don't have to go through it alone. We're here for you. And tonight in the studio, I'm joined by my friend, fellow licensed professional counselor, Kate Vozar. Kate, thanks for coming in. Hi, Christian. Thank you for having me. I'm excited you're here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Give us a quick rundown on what you do and who you're seeing. Sure. Um, Christian, I do general counseling in the Tri-County area, Fayette, Washington, and Allegheny. But what I really want to talk about was some of the specialized programs that we do. Primarily, of course, anger management. Uh, we now offer a batterer's intervention for domestic violence and specialized family therapy, which is what I really wanted to talk about tonight because it's such a huge issue in our area and because it's impacting so many children. It's such a big issue and I, the ripple effect of parenting trickles down in ways that I have said this before, what parents tell their children in whispers echoes loudly throughout the right. world. So you you know, you know might think, oh, I'm, I'm whispering to my child in, in silence and no one's really hearing this, but what they take out and learn and give to the world, you know, that, that resounds. Mm -hmm. So the phone is 866-391-1020. If you want to be a part of the show and give us a call, 866-391-1020. You can email us in the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. We're going to go to the phone lines. Sarah, you're on KDKA Radio. Sarah. Hi, Dr. Conti. Hi. hi, Dr. Conti, and hi, hi, is it Dr. Kate? Kate, yes. Kate, hi. Hi, Kate. So what's um, up, Sarah? Well, I'm just very nervous calling in, but um, the matter is that on New Year's Eve, my, my husband um, was unfaithful to me at his job with another person, another woman, mm. and... Um, we're working through it, um, and uh, it's, it hurts a lot. Um, and uh, just any time the the memories of, of of what happened come back to mind, um, I, I've I've gone through a lot. I, I go through like uh, waking up in sweats and like a fever at night, or um, you know, even as far as throwing up or whatever mm. well i've gotten past i've gotten past that part and i still get the anxiety even about leaving the house um or if it's brought up in some way it really really like and it, uh, i would imagine i can't i mean first of all my heart goes out to you because i can hear the pain in your voice and it, you know thank you it, it, it takes a lot of courage because I can hear that it was even difficult to even call in about it, let alone bring it up again, because to bring it up again and to talk about it obviously is causing you that anxiety. But here's something that's powerful that I can feel even through the radio waves, and that's this. You are saw this that, that causes you grief to talk about it, but you know that the only way to get through a conflict is to get through it and not run from it. So that's what it sounds like you're doing. Right. So this just happened on uh, New Year's? Yes. So this is still awfully fresh. I mean, this awfully, awfully fresh. Um, so it's kind of like an open wound is wide open. And, and if I just got a cut and you walked by and you saw me and my arm was cut wide open, wh and I said to you, man, Sarah, I can't believe my arm's still bleeding. What would you say to me? 
and say, I'm so sorry. Let me help you patch that up. <laughs> you, yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But you probably wouldn't blame me. If I was blaming myself for bleeding, you'd be like, listen, it's going to hurt. It's okay. It's going to it's gonna take some time. It's going to take some time. Oh, I see what, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's gonna. So I think when you, so when you, uh, if you put additional pressure on yourself that you have to rush the process. First of all, it's definitely possible to work through this process. It's definitely possible to get stronger through this process. But right now, it it hurts, and if it hurts, it hurts. (laughs) So true. (laughs) I think it's great, Sarah, that you've actually called in and reached out for help. I think that's one of the the first steps. And especially being honest with, you know, needing to talk about it. It's, this isn't something that may be easy to just, you know, put on the back burner because it's happening. It's still happening. It's still relevant. Uh, like Christian mentioned, you know, obviously there's still a lot of pain. So working on it together, I think, would definitely be the first step for you to take. And you're taking that. So that's that's great. I'm not sure, like, where to look for help for us. I'm not even sure, like, where to go. So uh, you're calling from Ohio? And you don't have to say specifically where you are, but just the, the there are resources in your area. There are counseling centers in your area, mental health uh, resources in your area. And I would definitely, definitely uh, find someone that you can sit down with. You might want to go individually. You might also want to go, you want to go as a couple, but you might also want to go individually as well. Okay. Do you know of places in your area or is that something that you need to research? Oh, I need to research it for sure. Sarah, I would recommend if you just jump online, go to psychologytoday.com. That'll give you any local counseling, couples counseling, specializations in your area, and you'll be able to reach somebody via email or phone pretty quickly. Oh, interesting, because I've been reading a lot of articles from Psychology Today regarding my That's awesome. Okay. So you see why I have Kate on here tonight. Sarah, so the next piece is to talk about is how to deal with the anxiety about leaving your house. And there's a lot to deal with. So I'm going to have you hang around and we're going to talk to you after this first break. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. You can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the Emotional Management Show on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, and we are... This is the show, Emotional Management, where we get to talk to you about what's going on, real-life issues, and an example, prime example of that is Sarah, who's on with us from Ohio. Sarah called in and is going through an enormous struggle. There was infidelity in a relationship, and it was recently. And then on top of that, she's struggling with anxiety about leaving the house. And you can, there's a lot. There's, a, I mean, it took so much courage even to call in. Sarah, I'm so glad you stuck with us. Um, let's talk a little bit about that anxiety to leave the house like what is what's tell us a little bit what that's about well I always have to get my kids ready to take them to their extracurriculars and I almost like to fear that people can see in my face the shame of what happens uh, and I just don't I'm just scared I'm gonna break down when someone's like having a great day and I'm not you know mm-hmm. 
My listen, my heart definitely and Kate's the same way, shaking her head. Like our heart goes out to you because we can feel that pain. Sometimes when you can't see somebody, you almost don't realize how much empathy's there. But there's a, I mean, like really profoundly, I can hear that pain. I, I want you to know, like when you let's just again, I want you to step outside of it for a second. If someone else was going through this, would you look at that person with with shame? No, no, I wouldn't. I, yeah, just don't, I don't think I'd you would. I give them a big hug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You would look at them with would look at them with compassion. You would say, "Listen, you're you went through something really difficult and painful, and that's not it's not they didn't do it, and they're not the one." You know, I, I understand that your your husband probably is feeling some of that, and I'm definitely going to talk in a little bit about. Shame is not a good thing. Like I really, I'm, I'm really of the philosophy that shame itself is not very good because when you live in shame, you act out of shame. So if you think you're no good, the difference between guilt and shame, by the way, guilt is feeling bad about something you've done. That's great. Learn from it, move on. But shame is feeling bad about who you are. And so I'm not a big uh, proponent of shame because it really just has people kept in a cycle. But so this anxiety that comes up, when you think about it that way, when you flip it and you say, okay, well, if I take my children, people aren't looking at me like there's something wrong with me. Now that you hear that, how does that shift it for you? I'm sorry, my children were knocking at the door. What was the question? So my again? question is when you think about it that way, like you would give someone who's going through this a hug. When you think about it like that, how does that shift yeah. it for you? Um kind of takes me a little bit of the fear away a little bit of the strain away yeah so, you know kind of like releases me of that and um, a huge part I of that is go ahead go ahead go ahead i just don't understand why it overcomes me because uh, something as simple as getting up and just having to put my clothes on and get the kids ready to go. And next thing I know, I'm breathing heavy and my chest feels like it's tightening up on me. Um, it's scary. I've never been that mentally unhealthy ever in my life. Your that's body has gone through say. a trauma. Your body's gone through a trauma and that's how a, bo- a, a human body reacts to trauma. And Doc, I was oh. going to point out too, Sarah, I think it's really important, especially in the in the morning when you get up, Pay close attention to to your self-talk. You know, uh, Doc brought up you know shame and guilt. If you're telling yourself over and over again there's something to feel shame about, you're going to have a response from your body because of that. So you know, make sure you're directing your self-talk in that positive way to try your best to get through the day as positively as possible. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, so when you think about self-talk, when you think about that, like this is it's so powerful. What Kate's saying is so powerful because if I were to tell you to picture a lemon, right, and you were to really visualize biting into a lemon, you could actually, your mouth would start to pucker. You're like, oh, I can taste this lemon, right? And that's just thinking about it. So if that, if a word like lemon can have a physical effect on your body, imagine the effect that a traumatic experience like this has on your body. So your body's going to be exhausted. You're, you're not going to, you're, you're in a shock. So it's kind of like, how do I even get about going throughout my day? And probably the biggest piece, if I could reach in your heart and have you feel would be this, you making yourself feel guilty over being in that spot is adding that unnecessary piece. Like it's almost like you're, you're almost beating yourself up. And I almost want to have you break up the fight between you and you 
and have you say, you know what? I'm already going through this. It's okay for me to feel the way I feel right now. It's okay to feel that way. That helps a lot, Dr. Conti. I really like that. Thank you. Definitely. You're going through... I. This is a physical thing. I think a lot, and, and you, you know, the, the part that you talked about with um, feeling like when you went to get up, like I can't even like getting ready is a struggle. That's because neurologically, there's no difference in your brain between if you would have been in a different kind of trauma, the fact that you were in a trauma, it impacts your body. The only difference is if you were in a different kind of trauma that wasn't involving this, you wouldn't be beating yourself up going, oh, I, I did something for this. Self-talk is powerful, Sarah. Super powerful. Sure, sure, sure. I believe that. <clears throat> Actually, uh, I coach people about that when it comes to their health so and I, their weight. And... Okay, so okay, let's go with that. So let's say you're coaching somebody about this, and they're struggling, and they feel really ashamed because they ate something. Now, no one can tell what they ate, but they know what they ate. And they come to you and they say, well, listen, I ate this whole giant cake and I feel like you can see it on my face that I ate this cake. What are you going to say to them? You just start fresh your next meal. Just start new. I love it. And you wouldn't be able to tell if they ate that cake. Only they know that. So I think that you're projecting that everyone's seeing what you're going through and they know exactly what it is. When the truth is they might see you sad. They might see you down. They might see you struggling with some uh, physical signs of anxiety at times, but they don't know what the issue is. And you don't have to share that unless you want to share that with someone. But the other thing you can do too is just as you would tell somebody with uh, eating, um, or, or if you're there, if they're working out, you'd say, well, you got to start small. You might go, you might practice having the type of self-talk where you're easy on yourself around people that you don't really know. So that way you can kind of practice it. So that way, when you do get to places like the school or wherever you're, you've already kind of practiced and prepared for it. Okay. Thank you so much. And you also, Sarah, keep in your, mind. Um, oh, sorry. Your- uh-huh. I was going to say, you also want to tell. They've helped me so much. Thank you. I really genuinely appreciate that. Go ahead. Kate, want to tell you one more I thing. I was going to say, you, you wouldn't tell Go the ahead. person Sorry, eating the Kate. cake either that, that they were a bad person or that they had no potential or there was something wrong with them. You know, you would encourage them and it's the same thing. So when you catch yourself telling yourself something negative, just try to restructure that. I will. Thank you. Sarah, thank you Thanks so much for your time. kind words. I really appreciate it. I'm so, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm honored that you would uh, watch those videos and um, call into the show. Uh, my heart goes out to you. I want you to be easy on yourself. My hope is that you're easy on yourself. This is it's going to take some time. That that wound is going to take some time to heal. And it's okay to be able to say at times to your husband like you don't have to hurry up and get through it. There can be moments where you guys sit and talk. And probably one of the most effective, if I was sitting down with him as well, I would say one of the most effective things he can do is say, okay, you have that space. Like there's no timetable for you to get better, quote unquote. Like there's no, you're not sick, you're not wrong. So there's no time frame for you to say, you have to be done hurting. And anytime someone forces a time frame on you, like if he was like, well, you should be over this by now, that's really difficult because you're, there is no time frame. That if your cuts reopens, it reopens. And there will be things that reopen it. For instance, if you, a certain thing sure. triggers a memory of it, then it'll be, you know right. what I mean? So I, it, the, right. if, 
since he, so I don't know if he's listening or not, but if we can't control that aspect of what he's doing, at least we can control your aspect of you saying to yourself, I'm going to be easy on myself. I'm going to say, you know what? I do have a right to hurt. <laughs> And it is okay for me to hurt. And if I'm tired in the morning and I don't want to do anything, it's okay for me to feel that way. I would love for you to continue to put one foot in front of the other because I think only by going through conflict will you actually get through conflict. Right. Right. Absolutely. Sarah, it took I, I so much you courage. So much. You're no. welcome. Thank you so much for calling. It took so much courage to call in. I really appreciate that. That's It's really an honor to, to see people calling in from uh, different states um, and from different places. I'm, I'm very grateful for everyone out there who's listening to this show, for anyone who's who's uh, been listening to us all along. And somebody, if you're a new listener, I'm super grateful to have you. I have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Dr. Christian Conti. And I make videos on life. I put a new video up today um, called Clickbait. I'll have to tell you about what that is. Um, but what we... In studio with me today is Kate Vozar. Kate, that's a powerful, what, what Sarah's going through. That's powerful. Sure. Absolutely. When you hear somebody have the courage to do that, like you see people all the time. I don't think people realize how much it ta- how much courage it takes to be able to say, this is the pain I'm going through. Absolutely. And then just even what we had started to to build on too, there's such an impact. I know Sarah mentioned that, you know, she had children. I'm assuming she had children yeah, were knocking yeah, yeah, yeah. on her door. I'm just going to assume they were hers. <laughs> that, um you know, there, there's a ripple effect, obviously, and there's it's difficult to exercise restraint when you're emotional and upset and, you know, in the home. Um, there's, there's just so many components to that type of issue. So and that kind of will in our next segment, we're going to talk about like that ripple effect, because let's say and, and, and listen, I really I've done counseling for 20 years. I've more than 20,000 hours of clinical counseling experience sitting down in sessions with people. I've watched people get through really tough stuff and people can get through uh, infidelity. They can get through trauma. They can get through conflict and they can come out even much stronger if they work together and, you know, they have to do the work and it's going to take time, but they can get through it. But sometimes people are not right for each other. Sometimes relationships don't work out. And Kate and I also have worked with people and populations where it becomes co-parenting. It becomes an issue of me versus you and a lot of angers involved. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us in the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. It's the time for you to be able to call in and do what Sarah did, which was absolutely courageous. And that's why I'm honored to be here. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. In the studio with me tonight is Kate Vozar. Uh, Kate, we had a powerful call. It kind of led into what we're talking about. Let's talk a little bit about, you see a lot of co-parenting. Right, right. So we put that under the umbrella of the specialized family therapy. So just to go through some typical scenarios, uh, if we start with um, separation and divorce, which I would say the majority does not always have that nice amicable 
separation. Right. So it can get pretty ugly. There's a lot of legal involvement. And of course, usually there's there's children involved. So walking through that process, uh, just in terms of parents taking those uh, feelings towards each other and projecting them onto the children, and then mm. turning it into a very messy situation that unfortunately have those kind of silent victims, which are which are the children that we ultimately start seeing and start treating. Um, in addition to offering, um, you know, with PA Professional Health Services, you know, we offer uh, co-parenting. Uh, we also offer reunification counseling, which occurs when there is a separation between child and parent, whether that be to uh, custody, divorce, uh, mm. accusations, any type of separation, even if that happens to be an incarcerated parent or a parent uh, leaves to go seek treatment of their own. Uh, so we, we do offer those services, but building off of the the marital issue we definitely want to promote uh really great coping skills for the parents so that it doesn't impact the children in the way that we're seeing there's a line in a song uh from ben uh harper he said great lovers make great enemies and that happens so much with when you see parents you know there was all that love and now it goes the other way and mm -hmm. there's so like I really, that was very powerful for me to use the phrase silent victims, and you're right, with children, because they often don't have a say. They don't get to say much, and children act out. When they're struggling with depression on their own, they're acting out, so they're not, they usually are getting in trouble. Now, oh, now you're doing something wrong or bad, when really they're in a lot of pain. Right, so we're seeing that. We're seeing the behavioral issues, you know, stemming from school. Uh, then we're seeing a lot of uh, a peak in you know physical symptoms, so nausea, vomiting, headaches, uh, lack of eating, nightmares, uh, all those things starting slowly, going to pediatrician, taking some time to really get diagnosed. And what it is is it's it's anxiety, mm. uh, it's anxiety from um, just maybe one of the parents leaving the home. It's anxiety in regards to a new visitation schedule. It's anxiety uh, in regards to being fearful to tell one parent they miss the other parent. You know, something as simple as saying, I miss dad or I miss mom, they, they're afraid to say, they're afraid to express themselves because they take in the look on mom's face when you mention dad and look on dad's face when you mention mom and they see all of that. So they become very, they, they start tiptoeing and it's difficult, obviously. Yeah, I just, that's so eye-opening. I think a lot of people don't really realize that, that there are children out there that are saying, oh, I don't, I, I do miss mom or I do miss dad, but I'm afraid to say it because of right. that look. And that goes, one of the things that we've been blessed to do with our career path is sit down with people when no one's around. And when people divulge their inner subjective selves to us, we get to see things that maybe people don't realize, but along through the, throughout the years, I know you've seen this, we, we see people who divulge like, I really am scared of that. And if you don't have this view, you might not know it. You might not realize it. That's mm -hmm. why people think kids are bad if they're acting out. Right. So if, if utilizing, even you, we talk about anger management and obviously we talk about those, those great seven um, components that, that we go over in the very beginning. We talk about acceptance, what you can control, what you can't control. And we talk about that authenticity, you know, being vocal about what you're feeling. Uh, so I really like to tie together that anger-like behavior in the concept of fear. You know, and that fear being, okay, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be a successful parent alone. I'm afraid that my child is going to want to leave to go with the other parent um, and, and not handling those fears in the correct way so that they do end up coming out very violently uh, towards, you know, their ex or, you know, another guardian that ultimately have that ripple effect on the child.
So what I see a lot is if, and this is based off what you're saying, like uh, I see a lot of parents who, if I feel hurt, then I want to get everyone else to see you the same way I experienced you. And the truth is someone might be really like a, a good friend, a good son, a good uh, father, but not good in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so all the other people in his life may still see him in a positive light because maybe he is positive to them. But when it comes to terms to how he is in a relationship, he's not effective. And so, but so if a person's hurting, she might want to say, Hey, listen, I want everybody to know. And the same thing is not, it's male or female, whatever. It's just one person tends to get once everybody around you see him the way I see him or you see her the way I see her. Right. And when we offer, uh, you know, co-parenting, that's one of the first things that we do is we sit down with both parents and you know, we discuss what the goals are, you know, what are, what's everybody's goal? You know, surely we have at least one mutual goal, which in that setting will admit the health of the child, the best interest of the child. How can we do this most successfully? Right. Right. Okay. We got that in common. We can build off of that. Now let's talk about, you know, communication, what should be shared, what shouldn't be shared. Don't withhold information out of spite. You know, yes. if you're, if your child is doing a first somewhere, share it with the other parent, just because you're not in a romantic relationship doesn't mean you can't send photos or you can't you know communicate when it's not somebody's time you know you can do these things because ultimately it's the best in the best interest of the child they're excited that their other parent still gets to be a part of those things it, it makes them feel comfortable with communication um, I, and we do address that fear issue it's there's so much to talk about with this it's so much like I kind of just want to spread this awareness in every direction possible I had a young man one time a, a mother came in and she talked so poorly about the father the young man they had a really strained relationship and he hardly ever saw his father and um, the father wasn't very effective not only in the relationship but he wasn't really a, he wasn't really as he wasn't the best father he could be either and so finally I said to the mother so if you could stop talking about him long enough to let him have his own experience of his father that he might see what you see but you can't force it you can't make people see what you see and so I always I did this with her I did this with everyone I've, whenever you're and not in a relationship together, do not gossip. Do not talk about the other parent no matter what. I don't care if you're hurting, not in front of your children. You owe that to your children. You know, you didn't. they didn't ask to be in this situation. So when she stopped talking about the father and refused to say anything negative, it was hard. She would come in, she'd be like, man, listen, it's so hard. I want to say this, but mm -hmm. I didn't. She went about, about a little over a month and then he went and stayed with his father for a weekend and he was like, I don't ever want to go talk to him again. Like <laughs> once she stopped putting all that negativity, like he actually got to see what she saw right right and you know ch children are pretty observant and they they pick up a lot of that unspoken tension that's going on they internalize it they express it in different ways uh you know and one of the big issues we're seeing arise in is the parental alienation syndrome which uh, I, I know as of right now isn't recognized by the dsm you know we don't necessarily diagnose it but we have to address it and once you have a child who is truly alienated from one parent it's very difficult to build that relationship back up. It takes it takes a extremely large amount of time, um, and there's just so much emotion that goes into that. And then it impacts down the road relationships because we often seek out. In this is powerful and it's kind of deep for being a quick saying this quickly, but it's true. We often seek out in relationships ways to heal past traumas. So if you want to, we almost recreate the trauma that you watched your parents have just so that you can heal it. So unconsciously you can be healed. Right. Right. Um, I've experienced, you know, several, several children that their perspective of what a healthy relationship is, is 
almost destroyed. Mm. Just, just not even, they just haven't been talks. They've been going through um, possibly their entire life at this point, estranged parents who are just so cruel to each other. And it forms those opinions. That is that word, I think, is a word pe- people really need to hear. And that's when you say cruel, because if they're cruel to each other, you cannot t- you cannot teach cruelty and role model cruelty and then expect children not to get that lesson. So it's really important. Children are always watching. I wrote a book called Zen Parent, Zen Child. If you want your child to be Zen, you've got to be Zen first and foremost. We've got a lot to get to tonight. Kate Vozars in the studio with me. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us in the dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDK. Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Really honored that you're choosing to spend your time with us. Um, appreciate the people who are here every week. I appreciate you listening. Um, in studio with me today, Kate Vozar. Kate, I am loving our conversation. It's so important. Right. I think Definitely. one of the, I think uh, being doing what we do you know as counselors a lot of time I re- I remember there was a book uh, called The Courage to Teach by um, Palmer I believe this is going back 20 years but one of the things he <laughs> mentioned a point the reason why I, this book stood out to me was he said teachers will teach in their individual rooms and not come out and really talk about what they're doing and so they really don't get to grow and so he he was a teacher himself who wrote the book and he said people need to talk amongst it and we know as counselors like we're in there all day by yourself if you don't get to come out and dialogue and be intentional like when you finally do get to do it it's such an incredible thing right and we could take days probably no, nonstop because there's so, from technique to intention to everything. So, well, we're going to go to the phone lines and uh, Cindy, you're on KDKA radio. Hi, Dr. Conti. I'm a new listener. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for listening. And uh, I know I really love your show. I've been, I've been doing the stuff that you've been telling people and it, it, it does work. The, uh, what's the one I'm okay. I'm safe. And then I added my own little, I'm here. <laughs> Uh, to the end of it. Yes, yes. That's powerful because that's presence. The past is gone. We can't get it back. The future's out there. We're present. This is the moment. Right, right. So you got a great show. Thank you. And I call you my radiotherapy, but here's my problem. <laughs> and it's a real problem. My mother passed away uh, last February 2018, and it mm. was a very traumatic death. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, and... Uh, she was in a nursing home with two broken legs, and she was flat on her back for two years. Mm. She was an alcoholic, mm. and um, I—I'm probably drinking to cover some of that pain. I'm guessing, like my goodness. Well, she she had a borderline personality disorder. Okay. And so, I mean, she drank my whole, you know, life, my childhood. But but what happened was, she and I were pretty estranged at the end of her life. And she was still with my father. And when she passed, <clears throat> we found out that my father had a pretty extreme case of dementia, Louis body, mm. which came as a shock to me and my daughter. Mm. Now, me and my daughter don't get on well either. My daughter was my mother's favorite. Mm. And so um, 
I didn't have any closure, really, with my mother. She passed suddenly. One day she was in the nursing home, and her numbers and all that were fine. And the next thing I know, my daughter's calling saying, you better come because she's she's imminent. She's going to pass. Mm. A lot of mystery surrounding why she died. And so I just can't. I have this horrible guilt that I can't shake that somehow. I don't know. It's just. I don't even know how to explain it, but I, I'm haunted by the last few years of her life, which were not good with me. And I don't know. It's nightmares. I'm having panic attacks. And I'm st- now I've got to look after my dad, who has dementia. And Well, I want to tell you, first of all, Cindy, I want to say, listen, I'm like beyond honored that you would call me your radio therapist, but I also hope that you're seeing a therapist in your area. If there's somebody you can sit down with and talk to, to get some of this off your chest, because this is heavy and it's powerful. Is there anyone that you're talking to in your area? No, I have a good friend who has known me for 25 years and he sort of sits and listens to me. Well, that's Bam. wonderful. Having that Bam. companionship, friendship, like that's beautiful and wonderful. The other piece, though, with uh, sitting down with the counselor, um, just because there's there's so much to get into, and we're going to talk about, we're definitely going to be talking about some of this here. Um, the first thing I want to hit on real, like to kind of get right to it is this, the everything that happened in life happened and you learned from it. Like you couldn't have known ahead of time. And I think we get so caught up, you know, it just, it's still football season. I don't know if you've ever watched football, but they call it Monday morning quarterback. You ever heard about that? So then on Monday, everybody knows what everybody should have done on Sunday. And I think that happens in life a lot. Like we get through an experience and then we say, well, now that I know this, I should have done this. But at the time, and as you say, right here, right now in the present, at the time you were estranged from your mom. Like she was not probably kind to you in ways there were, there was a reason why you weren't connected with her at that time. Yeah, but I feel like I should have been. And that's that piece that is so crippling to us when we say what we should have done with, well, now that you know what you know, you should have. But that, that, that's the part, I call that the cartoon world, that world of shoulds. I should have done this. I, I, I should have done that. No, you did what you, you did the best you could with what you had in every given moment. Yeah, why am I still beating myself up then? It's a part of the anxiety. So your mother struggled with, uh, you say your mother struggled with uh, borderline personality disorder. And one of the the uh, pieces, components to border, people struggling with borderline personality disorder is anxiety. And that anxiety can run really high. We also know that anxiety is, uh, you, you, it's, it's genetic. So people in families can experience anxiety, not only by watching it, but also physiologically, biologically. So there's mm-hmm. a chance that you have struggled with anxiety for some time. Oh, big time. Yeah, and it's manifesting in those panic attacks. But there are things that you can do to uh, actually get through those panic attacks. And like you say, you, you and you must have heard that on the show before, we talked about I'm safe, I'm okay, I'm right here. And we're going to start saying it, but you got to practice it, and you have to practice it actually a ton. Well, I have been practicing it. I do practice, and it, you know, surprisingly, it does work. It, it really does. But the guilt, I can't. I and I keep telling myself, I'm not going to feel guilty today. And then by the end of the day, I think about my mother, and I just, I feel, I just still feel so guilty. And what about your? Do you have spiritual beliefs? 
I do. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, so I mean, think about the presence that your mom or the place where your mom would be. Do you think your mom would be sitting there going, man, I just hope from this place of peace that Cindy's <laughs> up there feeling guilty? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think, no, I don't think she would be doing that. No. I really don't. No, she would not. She wouldn't. I mean, I think that's the thing. When we really tap into what we truly believe uh, spiritually— and we think about the ultimate peace. It is not a place of like our our human emotions going up. Oh, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. It's not a cartoon world. Yeah, I just I, I just miss her something awful. That's, Even though it wasn't all that great, I still miss her. Of course, of course. And you you miss her, and you miss what you also believe could have been. Yes. Yep. Like you think, well, if I could have said this, she magically, she would have said that and, and that type of stuff. Actually, Cindy, I'd like you to hang around. Um, I'd like to talk to you more. Um, so if you're willing to stick with us and hang around, um, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that, sure. Excellent. So yep. this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Uh, listen, this is a powerful topic. It's a powerful concept and we have a very important caller on the line and we're going to keep diving into it. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, dollar bank instant access, kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. You know, we are talking about really powerful issues, and on the line is Cindy, and Cindy's been hanging around. Um, we started off the call, for those of you who are just joining us, um, Cindy has gone through an awful lot recently. Um, you know, her mother passed away last February, and, you know, there was a, a lot of struggles, and Cindy, you're there with us, right? And Yes, I'm still here. And, and you were telling us, like, you have a lot of regret over things and guilt and things like that. So tell us um, about these panic attacks. How, how long have you been having these panic attacks? Oh, gosh, I've been having panic attacks <clears throat> since the late 1980s. It's just that I manage them, but this whole event thing has just got the whole cycle going again. So I have an idea for you. I want you to imagine that are you? Are where? Can you tell me a little bit? Are you sitting down in a room? Or are you? Are you driving? Are you in a house? Where? Where? No, I'm, I'm sitting here in my kitchen, um, eating chili during the commercial break. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Sounds delicious. So there's there's a, there's another chair where you are. Is there another empty chair around where you are? Yep. Yep. Okay. So if you if you look at that chair, mm-hmm. I would love for you to imagine that your mom was sitting in that chair. Now, if she was sitting in that chair from the place of peace that she's in right now. What do you think she might say to you? She would say she wanted me to be happy. Mm. She would want you to be happy. And, and, and what about the, if you, what would you, what would you want to say to her? It's a hard one. It is hard. It is hard. And, and, and listen, it's, it's, it's radio and I can't be there with you, but I want you to really imagine and think about what you might say to her. And maybe more importantly, I really want you to imagine what your mom from a place of peace would respond to you in kind, no matter what you bring up to her. Well, I guess I would have to say that I'm really sorry that I don't think she knew 
how much I really loved her. Mm. We had a lot of conflict. But I it did never <clears throat> it never kept me from loving her, but I didn't always express that. My guess is she might say, "You know, honey, I love you too." And I was I'm really sorry for all the times that the pain I was in stopped me from being able to show you how much I love you. Yep. Because she was Yeah, she was. she was. She was in pain. She was struggling. Yeah, she did. She struggled her whole life. Mm. She really did. And, and listen, understanding, understand, like I, I've always said that my job is to explain behavior, not excuse it. So if we can understand what happened, that doesn't take away the fact that you were in terrible pain or that she was hurtful in some of those moments, very hurtful at times. And, yeah. and because of there's this regret and this piece now about areas where you reflect and say, well, maybe I could have been a little bit different here or there. Well, great. We all could have, we could all look back on our lives and say that. Um, but she also would do the same thing. She would look back and say, honey, there were times where I would have loved to have approached you uh, differently. I wished I wasn't struggling so that you could see my true heart. Yeah. And I just feel bad that I'm not going to really get to tell her that, you know, that piece that. Uh, and again, I want to come back to, uh, and I, cause I, I try to press people on if you genuinely have this belief and I, I, I definitely, I do on a personal uh, level, I have a belief in this uh, divine being. And if she's somewhere in this divine being, I think you do have an opportunity to still say it to her. Well, right. And doc, I, I wanted to add um, a little bit, Cindy too. And we talk about anxiety. Um, you know, one of the things that make us feel safe is if we have answers. If we have answers, we have control, you know, we, we feel safe. And that sometimes causes us to seek the, you know, unanswerable, you know, or to discover something that that's not discoverable and yeah. have that, that content because it makes us feel so safe instead of looking um, into, you know, that concept of acceptance where we have to accept sometimes that there's just, there, there isn't, you know, an answer. There isn't an answer to why, and that's okay. Mm. You know, we can find ways to make peace. We can find ways to give ourselves, you know, that inner contentment that we're that we're looking for, you know, without encouraging our anxiety by constantly trying to control or, you know, the uncontrollable and, you know, seek something that can't be found. <clears throat> it was the circumstances surrounding her death, too. You know, she was in that room by herself. There were very few things that were personal, and she was just so alone you know, to have to yeah. die that way. It's hard. It's so hard. And I'm not sure why things happened and unfolded the way they did. But I, I thought I also heard that you said you had a little bit of a strained relationship with your own daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could kind of take some time to reflect from a place, imagining yourself in a place of complete peace and wiping away all the things that might have, you know, that she might've done that were hurtful and being able to say, how can I reconnect with my daughter and how can she and I talk to each other at a level that goes beyond the, the pain barrier, those, those barriers of pain that we put up. No, my daughter, <clears throat> my mother in a, in a offbeat kind of way, brainwashed my daughter against me. My mother played people. Mm. Is one of her things with her quirky mental illness is that when she was with you, she was talking about me. When she was with me, she was talking about you. And my daughter bought into all that. Mm. And that's part of the package is that my daughter doesn't really want anything to do with me. And meanwhile, my poor dad, he's stuck in the middle. Mm. 
and he doesn't take sides. And but it's still painful for him to have to lose his wife, and then having me and my daughter at odds with e- with each other while we both take care of him. Mm. <clears throat> and that's and the only thing I could do is I call my daughter and I leave messages on her machine and I say, "I love you, Jenna. Thank you for everything you do." I, I think that's what to do. I really do. I mean, I don't want to hear from Kate, but I think that's that's a great place to be. Is I'm going to give love. I'm going to give love, and I'm going to let go. And I'm going to give love, and I'm going to keep giving love, and I'm going to let go. And I'm not going to expect things in return. And by giving that unconditional love, I think that is tapping into that more divine space of love that ultimately you do want to give her. Right. Exercise. Exercise what you can control. You know, you can control. You know, your thoughts, your behaviors, how much positivity you put out there even if you're not getting it in return. Well, my dad, my dad, <clears throat> my dad's been really good. He's, he's pretty amazing. He's 87. And even though he has the dementia, his cognitive faculties are still, he's a genius kind of mm. Thomas Edison kind of guy. And, and he, um, he, he, he's really supportive. He's an amazing person. So, but I hate to see him at the end of his life, still going through this conflict between me and my daughter. I mean, Christmas was a nightmare. It was just, he didn't know what to do. He, my, my daughter wouldn't have me for Christmas. Well, listen, so that's what I'm going to say, Cindy. We're going to do, I I think my... My hope for you is that you're able to find you have. I love that you have some companionship and some friends to talk to. But I would love for you to be able to sit down with someone. Some of the things that like Kate was sharing as a professional counselor, like that insight on grabbing onto the things that you can actually control. Those mm-hmm. are life changing. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you listening and being a part of this show, Cindy. Thank you so much. Um, well, you guys will be on my Monday radar for my radiotherapy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah, no, thanks for listening. Definitely, Cindy. You much peace. Um, that's really, really powerful. Kate, I can't thank you enough for coming in tonight. Like this is, that's huge. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So first of all, you're tell people where they can get a hold of you. Um, well, like I said, uh, with Sarah, you know, I always refer people to the psychology today site. You can get lots of local help and referrals there. Um, we, uh, with PA professional health services operate, uh, with Washington and Fayette counties. Um, I all do, I also do see some clients at some different uh, venues as well. Um, so you can certainly reach us through that Psychology Today profile, which has the listed phone number as well as websites and email. Kate Vozar, look her up through Psychology Today, V-O-Z-A-R. She's awesome. Kate, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having me, Doc. I appreciate it. Hey, we will be back on Emotional Management. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Hey, listen, I am really honored for the listeners. I'm super grateful to Kate Vozar coming in uh, tonight. Uh, Just fantastic counselor. I hope you can get a hold of her. Go through Psychology Today to find her. Um, Really powerful issues, and I'm honored to be a part of this. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, John, you're on KDK Radio. Hey, Doc, I I wanted to thank you for your great show, and uh, I've gone to your website a couple times, and I I really wanted to thank you for the uh, the great videos that uh, you put out there. uh, I I like your message quite a bit, and and I think there's a big need out there that, uh, that you're helping to fill. 
Thank you so much. That means a lot. I definitely put my heart and soul into what I do, so that, that really genuinely means a lot. So thank you. And uh, the reason uh, why I called uh, tonight, uh, uh, you know, I, I like when you say you either have issues or you're dead. <laughs> and, and, and that makes uh, so much sense because we all have them, and, and people uh, just don't want to deal with them or express them. But uh, uh, I catch myself like if I get cut off doing traffic, there's like uh, an immediate response out of my mouth that shocks me depending on the situation and it just i just blurt things out and i'm saying man you must have a lot of anger in, in, inside you at that, that time and i'm wondering what uh what ways i can sort of uh dispel that or handle it in a better way well so first of all the awareness is key to being able to recognize that that's what's happening the second thing and, and i think this is the kind of the really important piece is we master what we practice and if you were going to go into the gym and you were going to uh prepare to let's say have a boxing match you would need to have uh you need to have sparring partners you'd need to have do some work on the on the on the bag on the punching bag and then you need to get in the ring and actually do it and so there's this practicing ahead of time thinking about okay uh, I know, I know, my thoughts are determining, are really impacting how I feel. But now I got to practice it. Now, the only way you're going to get good at mastering this is if the universe gives you situations where you can actually practice it. And the beautiful thing about uh, like getting upset on the road is that's an awesome opportunity to practice patience. That that makes a lot of sense. I want you to see the road as your gym. Like that's your gym. That's your fighting gym. Like you're like, all right, listen, I got to get to the, I got to get some work in today. Maybe in a day you don't even have to go anywhere. Just go out and sit, you know, sit a little bit of traffic and say, I'm getting some work in right now because these are mental reps and you're getting stronger mentally. But when, is there, is there something I should be doing or thinking of? I mean, it's just a spontaneous reaction where all of a sudden, you know, profanities are coming out, and I'm saying, you know, where, where's that coming from? Now, now how, how can I uh, diffuse that? Well, so okay. definitely, I, okay, so I definitely, I hear that, and, and I think that, Part, of course, part of that can be that you have other things going on, stress going on in your life, or maybe things that have been built up over time that you hadn't dealt with, and maybe they're right underneath the surface, and maybe in the car, that's the safest place to let that out. So in some sense, it might be, okay, well, this is kind of my healthy outlet. And there's always that angle of saying, okay, I need these. I need to be able to say a couple profanities every now and then on the road. Let's let it out. But the other, so the other part of that is maybe sitting down talking to somebody and getting into the heart of maybe some of the stresses you have in your life, some of the things that you've been through that have contributed that you never really dealt with. Cause I know as men, we are not taught in society. Hey, let's talk about your feelings. You know, let's sit down when we're young that we're not talk, taught to talk about our feelings. You know, you know, put that down. Don't talk about that. Um, and so I think that there's probably a lot of stuff, and this is just my projection, but as a man, that you probably never really were able to explore and go through. Okay. That, uh, that, that, that sounds like uh, some good stuff you, uh, you threw out there. 
Well, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you watching those YouTube videos. I want you to use the road as your way to practice mastering patience. You become a, a, a master practitioner by doing whatever it is that you want to get good at. If you want to get good at patience, you need opportunities to practice it. So, John, hit that road and get in that good practice. All right. Thanks a lot, Doc. Definitely. Thank you so much for calling. This is emotional management, and I, what I love, and I love that John highlighted it because it's so true. There are two kinds of people in the world, people with issues and dead people. That is my saying. I really do believe that. We all have issues. I have issues. We're all in this life together. And speaking of together and supportive, we got a tremendous um, uh, on the uh, right automotive text message from Anita in uh, McKeesport. And I, Sarah, I really hope you're listening because this text from Anita, this shows the warmth and love that in the world that we live in. So Anita says, my heart goes out to Sarah. It must be hard to be heartbroken and have to care for her kids. I hope her husband apologized to her. She sounds like a pure goodness. Sarah, take some deep breaths and tell yourself this was not your fault. You will get through this from Anita. Anita, I, I can't thank you enough. I want to thank you on behalf of Sarah, because I know that if she's listening and she hears that, that that means a lot to her. And you're absolutely right, Anita. Um, it's not her fault. Like there's, there are, when you, we're not always responsible um, with what happens to us in life. But as we say, we are responsible with what we do with what happens to us in life. So I think that uh, to see the support, to have somebody like that reach out and give support, that's really, really beautiful. Um, I have an email here from Marianne um, that I want to read. Marianne said, I had to place my husband of seven years in long-term care for dementia after being his only caregiver for about four years. Besides missing him and the grieving process of losing the person he used to be, I feel myself experiencing some of the losses I see in him sort of emotional empathy. Can you su suggest some techniques that will help me being separate and sane during this struggle? And uh, Marianne says she's always, a she's able to tune in to the, at least to the second hour every night. So I just wanted to make sure I read this at this second hour. So I hope you're able to listen, Marianne. Um, first of all, definitely um, my heart goes out to you because that is, I mean, there's, there, there are no words when you love someone and you watch someone suffer in that way and they go through something like an organic uh, brain struggle like dementia, which is so sad because you watch someone almost seem to lose themselves, their identity. And you're absolutely right in terms of the, you know, the emotional empathy and seeing that and then you feeling that. Um, first of all, that is actually very true because when you're close with someone, we have something in our brain called mirror neurons and the mirror neurons are, they're, they're basically the root, they're the neurological root of empathy. So they are actually reflecting what we're watching. So as we're watching other people, um, let's say I teach it through athletes. So if an athlete wants to get good at a sport, they watch someone who's really good at that sport. Um, because as they're watching the athlete do that, their brain is actually doing that. Now, let's take it back to something that's powerful. Marianne, as you watched your husband suffer, you were actually suffering as well. And because you were together for so long, you probably saw in ways and things that he experienced that you physiologically felt it too. And so part of being able, you kind of gave yourself an answer within this, the techniques to keep yourself being separate during this struggle. And 
although we are, we can give love, tremendous love to others, but still be differentiated. In other words, I can still love someone wholly and completely, but also wholly and completely be me. And I understand that I am separate from others. So my wife and I have been together for 20 years. We are happily married. Um, We are separate from each other in the sense of I am me, she is her. We come together and we love each other in that way. So you are a separate entity. Um, And what I want you to do is continue to work on that within yourself. Continue to say to yourself, yes, I am I am separate. I'm not going through this, but also at the same time, there's a part of me that says, I want to make sure that you're getting checked out in case you are experiencing anything, um, physiological, but if you're not, and it's psychological, I definitely want you to have someone that you can talk to around this stuff. And I say that, and we have this show and we do talk, but I feel like there's so much more. We get to scratch the surface here, but there's so much more to talk about. And we have more to talk about. That's why we can keep going. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020. If you want to call or you can uh, email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Uh, One of the texts we got asked if I see um, clients or um, if uh, Kate would see clients uh, through online. Um, so I would say definitely reach out to Kate through, uh, psychology today, Kate Vozar. Um, I, I do not, uh, see clients right now and I appreciate people asking, but part of the reason why I do this show is I want to connect with as many people as possible. I don't do it to, um, you know, say promote a business or anything like that. I talk about the free videos that I have on YouTube because I do YouTube because I want to impact as many people as possible. So I started to do it and I I had people reach out from countries that I, you know, I never even heard of. And I thought like, this is really amazing. And then there were people who were in in distant countries that I did know about that went through awful things, but had wrote, wrote in about the way the videos impacted them. So I thought, you know what I have, if I have an ability to explain something in a way that helps someone, I definitely want to do it. And then I, you know, I thought in this, in Pittsburgh area to be able to do this radio show and connect, there are a lot of amazing people here at KDKA. I remember having a great conversation with uh, Larry Richard about, uh, who does the morning show and John Shumway about, you know, convincing me and talking to me about doing this type of a show. And then, you know, there are things that you don't see behind the scenes that really impact me that I hope impact eventually you and ultimately you. So for instance, one of the things you don't know is here at KDK, Rob Pratt has helped me out tremendously, like really taught me a lot about this whole radio side of things. And one of the most uh, spectacular things about Rob is his compassion. So he will say, you know what, listen, the audience, got, they've got to get to know you. And, you know, when I hear that, like, I'm like, that's, I get that. That's, I feel that because it takes a lot of courage. So for Sarah to call in, for Cindy to call in, like, who am I calling this guy? Like, wh- what is this guy going to do with this information? 
So I appreciate every listener out there. I appreciate all of you who have been listening from the first show. I appreciate you if you've just listened from the last five minutes ago. Um, super grateful to have this show and have access. If you, I talk a lot about, hey, I want love for you to go get counseling in your area. And the reason why is being able to dive deeply into things. Obviously, on a radio show, we can start to scratch the surface. We can create awareness where maybe there hasn't been awareness. And I feel very fortunate to be a part of that part of your journey. But ultimately, I would love for you to be able to sit down with professionals in your area, whether you sit down with counselors or social workers, mental health professionals, um, whether you're able to sit down if you have uh, clergy, whoever it is. I obviously really do recommend uh, professional counseling um, because when people are trained in mental health counseling, they're able to see things and not just listen. Listening is beautiful. That is a wonderful skill. And it's a huge part of the professional counseling process. But it's more than that. It's also learning things. So for instance, when Cindy is struggling with anxiety and panic attacks, to understand that the root of panic attacks is resistance. So watch this. If I'm starting to feel a certain way, like if my body's starting to feel anxious and I resist and say, oh no, if my body's anxious, something's going to happen to me. Something really bad's going to happen. Now within that resistance, my body creates more cortisol, more adrenaline, which then makes me feel even worse. And that is really the root of a panic attack. Your body physiologically feels anxious. So your body physically feels anxious and then your mind always wants to match your body. So if you're feeling really anxious physically, your mind's going to say, well, I've got to be anxious about something. So let's, let's go back to Cindy for a minute. And I hope you're still listening, Cindy, because let's say if you're starting to feel physically anxious and then the thought occurs, oh no, what if I wasn't there for my mom? Now that you start to build on that, now you associate that feeling of anxiety with the feeling of guilt. And when you have that physical feeling in the future, you say, well, it must be this guilt coming back up when really it was just what was associated in that moment. This is why self-talk is so powerful. It's why self-talk is so important. So Kate, earlier on the show, Kate Vozar was in studio and she talked about self-talk. The more you're mindful of what your self-talk is, listen, I always say, be careful what you're saying to yourself because you're listening. So if you're telling yourself all day long, well, people shouldn't think that and people shouldn't do that and this shouldn't be this way, you're going to be really upset. I mean, your self-talk is very, very powerful. Come back to Sarah and think about what Sarah's struggling with right now. And she's thinking, well, there's something, you know, there's something wrong with me or I did something wrong. And this is, this is what caused my, my husband to be unfaithful. Like that's really hard self-talk to have. And so what would I want for Sarah? What would I want for Cindy? Uh, what would I want for John whenever he's out on the road is to be easy on yourself, to not come down on yourself very hard. Cause the harder you come down on yourself, the more you're causing and creating or adding to the anxiety that you're feeling. And so it's very empowering in many ways to realize how responsible we are for our own mental well-being. So we, we grow up and we think, oh, if I'm sick, I go to the doctors. If I, you know, if I, if I need to learn something, I go to the teacher. But we forget to rely on ourselves. When it comes to our mental well-being, you can take the greatest psychologist in the world. At the end of the day, you alone have unrestricted access to your mind. You alone have 
24 7 365 days a year your entire life access to your inner world so you alone can control that inner world you can dictate what you focus on Uh, my wife and daughter were in studio here on uh, new year's eve and our daughter Kaya, who no bias, um, you know, the most beautiful light in the world. She said, uh, she said, uh, we were talking about New Year's resolutions. And she said, well, I would hope people focus on peace. I would hope people focus on, you know, if you want peace in your life, you've got to focus on peace. So uh, part of the self-talk, one of the most transformative changes to my life occurred several years back when I realized that in my narrative, in my self-talk, I wanted to say something that I wanted to feel. So I would tell myself over and over again the phrase, loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. I say this all the time to myself. So when I'm walking through my life, when I'm walking through my day, my mind, people, it's funny because people sometimes will look at me and say, well, you you were thinking this or you're thinking that. And like, you have no idea. Like I'm literally repeating the phrase, loving kindness, loving kindness. I did a TV show on VH1 and on the, t- on the TV show, uh, this woman was screaming at me. I mean, she's in my face yelling and they're blasting this on commercials and stuff like that. And uh, people would call and say, well, what were, what were you thinking? I bet you were thinking all this like, oh boy, you know, oh, she's screaming on me, you know, 2 million people watching the show and she's screaming at you. And I said, you know what, if you want to know what I was honestly thinking while she was in my face, I was thinking loving kindness, loving kindness, loving, it's okay. Like to me, like that's what I'm exuding in my internal world because that's what I'm trying to bring to the world. Whatever you want to bring to the world, just like I said to John, you're going to master what you practice. So to master what you practice takes effort. So if you want peace in your life, it's going to take effort to practice that peace. If I, I talked about practice in a couple different ways. So we don't grow up learning specific, uh, here's how to deal with this. And we go, you know, like I said, we go to a doctor for feeling sick. But when it comes to our emotional well-being, we alone are responsible for that. You know, I'm a bigger guy, so if I just start, if I just d- don't pay attention to the food I eat, and sometimes I don't, I'm not going to lie, I can blow up really quickly. I'm 250 pounds, but I can hit 260, 270 really fast. So if I were just going to eat cake and pizza, you know, all day long, like, I'm going to get big quick. So I need to be mindful if I want to be healthy to not just eat anything I want. I just don't have one of those metabolisms where I can eat whatever I want. I'm not the age where I can eat whatever I want. So I need to be mindful what food I'm putting into my body. As much as that's physical and we can see that and we can see the results of that, the same is true for our mind. What do you want to be in your mind? Whatever you want to be in your mind, put in your mind. So if you want to have peace and not just have it be, oh, you know, I I, I practice my, my worship on a specific day of the week. Well, what about the every other moment of every other day? Like focus on what you want and practice it, practice it. That's why I said earlier to Sarah, don't wait until you're around the people who you have to face all the time to, uh, you know, disclose, you know, what's going on. First of all, she never has to disclose to anybody what's going on. But second of all, I wouldn't want her to uh, feel like she can't practice being around people and not disclosing. Well, she can practice that. She could practice that around people that, you know, go to the store, you know, just even 
everyday people she passes by start to practice in her mind. Wait a minute. They're not seeing into my head. They can't see what I'm struggling with. They might see I'm struggling a little bit, but if anything, if anything, and I'm so like, just feel honored to be a part of this, but like Sarah, for you to have that text from Anita, from McKeesport, who just gave you all that support and love, that's actually what people are seeing when they see anyone struggle. So when they see you struggle, that's what they're thinking. So it comes back again to Anita be, uh, it comes back again to Sarah, be mindful of what you're telling yourself. Cindy, John, everyone out there, be mindful of what you're saying to yourself. It's important. Speak to yourself with kindness because you're listening. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Let's go to the phone lines. Mary, you are on KDKA Radio. Yes, I am. I hope you'll allow me time to vent my frustration. Give it to me, Mary. Emotion baloney. I think what's missing is common sense. People want to belong to a party. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. But they don't use common sense. When you talked about the big bad wolf being in her for four years, I thought, good gravy. All he has to do, I'm, I'm an old lady. I can sit here and tell you right now how he can lessen the cost of education by one-third. All he has to do is use common sense. I appreciate that common sense. Like, I think I I appreciate that call. That's, that's good wisdom right there. Common sense. I love it. I love it. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate everybody, um, writing in, calling in. I have a text that says, what should parents do upon the return of a prodigal daughter? That's a very powerful and specific question. So what should parents do upon the return of a prodigal daughter? Well, my hope would be to welcome that daughter with open arms. Our job as parents is to teach, and we don't get to teach in the perfect setup classroom that we might want. So a literal teacher can set up a classroom exactly the way she wants it or the way he wants it, but... In life, we don't get to predict, uh, pick out the exact classroom that we're going to get. And so sometimes things go awry. People, you know, displace, they, they, they leave the family for a little bit. They take off in a different direction. But then if there's a return, if there is a return, I can tell you one thing without knowing anything else. The last thing they want to do talk about how they were right or how that daughter was wrong in any way because of the daughter's wrong. We want to realize that, you know what? Here's a good analogy. I hope this is a good analogy. So my wife and I, we had, uh, when we had our first uh, dogs, we had them for 15 years. We did not know this when we first got married. This is we're young. We didn't know anything about anything. We still don't know anything about anything. I'm speaking on her behalf. I don't know anything. So we had, uh, so we had our, our first dog and, and he, she would run, if she ran out of the house and she'd take off running down the street. And then like, I would like, I'm yelling. I'm, you know, I was just didn't know what to do. So I'd be like, yell, yell, yell. So we were watching Caesar Milan one day and he said, he's a dog whisperer. And he said, listen, if your dog runs away, you can't yell at it whenever you finally catch up with your dog, because then why is your dog going to want to come home? <laughs> like, that's not a very safe space. And I thought, what a great analogy for life. Like as counselors, like if we, we set up an environment where 
we tell our children, well, you see, I was right and you were wrong. Well, why would they want to come back to that environment? It doesn't mean that you can't teach lessons. Of course you can teach lessons. Of course you can reflect on mistakes and growth and what you can do for the future. But really the emphasis is all about love. We had a, such a powerful caller in Cindy earlier talking about having her mother uh, not knows, you know, her mother died and she had all these feelings of what could have happened, what should have happened. And now she has a chance and she's doing it, uh, re, you know, working her butt off to give love now for her daughter. Now her daughter still estranged a little bit, it sounds like, and it's going to take some time for that work to work out. But the way to go is to continually give that love. You can't go wrong with being unconditional. Here's what we can all go wrong. We can all go wrong with telling people how they should be um, or how they, uh, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have. We can't go back in time anyway. So I know a lot of um, clients through the years and patients and people would tell me, well, you're a really positive person. But what I would say is this. What I think I am is I focus on the only moment that we can actually control, which is this moment forward. So I specialize in working with people convicted of violent crimes. I see people who have done awful things, but I, I work with them and say, listen, whatever happened in the past, I need to work with you from this moment forward. This is what matters to me in life. It's never about what you did. It's always about what you can do from this moment forward. So if the when your prodigal daughter returns you give love you give compassion you reflect with kindness um and you really make it about the gratitude for the connection you know that is really such an important thing it's such a gratitude for a connection i've been grateful even to be a part of this show i'm grateful for the people who who call in write in um are texting in i really am grateful for that i'm grateful for the people who call in to support other callers like that's really a beautiful aspect so i do a youtube channel it's called it's youtube you just go to youtube um and you type in dr christian conti c-o-n-t-e and i do videos all the time about life like just about life like kind of like the way mary said common sense i try to bring light to areas that we, sometimes we just forget to think about but one of the things i was did a video on today was clickbait the idea how you know kids play made you look and then they you know they hey nothing's really there and on the internet that's called clickbait we get people to look when they're really there's nothing to see and we think that's crazy and that's internet but the truth is anytime you're not a person of your word you're actually living out being clickbait so be a person of your word don't be clickbait be a person of your word practice what you want to master if you want to be peaceful then be grateful for the opportunities you have to practice peacefulness you can't if you're going to be a boxer you can't just punch the bag you got to eventually get in the ring if you're going to be patient you can't just be patient when there's everything's going perfectly you got to be patient whenever the time to be patient actually exists it's called emotional management because we all have emotions and we're trying to deal with them in the best way possible my name is dr christian conti and this is the Emotional Management Show. This is the show for you to work on the things you need to work on on KDKA Radio.